Yo, what is good, Sixer Nation? We are back yet again. This time, less than 24 hours away from the Sixers opening up the NBA season. Sixers and Celtics will preview that, give our keys to the game. We'll talk about all the related news going on. Matisse Steibel not signing a contract extension, all that, and a whole bunch more. Sixer Nation stand up. We're back and ready to go, man. This one presented by our sponsor of tonight's show, Let's Get Checked, leading provider of at-home testing kits. Let them make your health testing life much easier. Click that link in the description. Use promo code Philly25 for 25% off your order. I am pumped, man. I'm pumped. Today, we're back with our special guest returning for the third time. Sixers beat reporter, writer USA Today, the one and only Austin Krell. Austin, how you doing, man? Not bad. Not bad, RB. Thank you for having me, as always. Absolutely, man. Thank you for coming back on the show. Love all your work. We, we all appreciate what you do. And I'm sure it's going to be a great year for you as well. I mean, right now, it's we're in the midst of Philly craziness. We're in the midst of Philly sports, just absolute bizarre territory. I mean, right now, we have the Sixers coming up tomorrow night. We're all hyped. We're pumped. Then you got the Phillies starting off the NLCS. You have the Eagles who are 6-0. I mean, how, how are you holding up right now? Like, what, what is your life like right now in the midst of all this craziness? Yeah, so it's a little weird. Like, uh, I'm not used to the Phillies carrying a market <laughs> share of attention this late into October. So usually, like, Sixers content's pretty hot right now. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know that it, I think it is right now. I think it's, people are just sort of like, it's the start of the regular season. You know, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, and they're more focused on the Phillies and the Eagles. I mean, you know, Eagles rightfully so they're six and zero, and the Phillies are in the middle of a playoff hunt. So, you know, the Sixers will get there, but I, I, I don't, I don't know what the level of, I guess, engagement is in the Sixers right now. So that, that's, that's a for pretty, me, but what can I say? That's a pretty unreal statement. Given the fact I would say like a month ago, everybody thought the Phillies were out of it. We thought the Eagles, you know, would have a much better season. I don't know if we thought they would start six and no. I mean, the, the hype was built around the Sixers and all the moves this off season. And now it's like, oh my gosh, it just smacked us in the face. We're playing tomorrow night in Boston, by the way, to kick off the NBA season. It's absolutely nuts. Um, I, I can't wait to see what happens, but before we get into that game, I, I want to ask you about your thoughts on the roster. Sh- shout out to you. Kudos to you, by the way. Uh, you nailed it right on the head. Last time you were on the show, you said it would be Traveling Queen and Charles Bassey to get cut. Now, there's a little bit of a twist to it. They added another guy into the mix, Isaiah Joe, who ends up getting waived as well. He signed with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and just to pull up the details, they came out today. Uh, the OKC Thunder guard, Isaiah Joe, the deal comes out three years, $6 million, fully guaranteed year one, non-guaranteed year two, and a team option in year three. I don't know if we expected that to happen, but essentially the Sixers are going to go into the the season here with one extra roster spot because 
I believe Champagny and Foster are on two-way deals and Charlie Brown was waived. What are your thoughts on the roster and, and did you think that they would go into the season with one extra spot? Um, I didn't, but it makes sense. Uh, you know, I think they probably anticipate some trade ha- in some degree of likelihood happening, uh, you know, later in the season, something that, that will fortify their wing depth. Um, and, you know, they want to have that flexibility to take on more salary than they send out. Um, there are certain rules they have to follow from a salary cap standpoint when you send, when you make a trade, when you have more money coming back in than you send out. They want to be able to create that space so that way they can have a roster spot and have a little bit of, um, you know, of, of space for, in terms of money to bring a guy in and not go over the, uh, the, the hard cap that they that they will be subject to this, this season. So, uh, you know, it, it, it makes sense that they did it. I think any kind of non hot takey, uh, non-aggressive believer would probably tell you to, you know, they'd keep it at 15. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, I think they kind of did Isaiah Joe a favor because he wasn't going to be in the rotation. And rather than, you know, let him sit on the bench and marinate for another year, they said, you know, the money isn't guaranteed. So, we'll, you know, it will just do him a favor, let him seek opportunities elsewhere. And good for him. You know, he's going to get an opportunity in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, I really liked his game. And I, I was actually surprised when we let him go. Now, in terms of what you're saying about a potential trade down the line, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think the Sixers team is all in trying to win this year. And I definitely understand it. You know, Isaiah Joe's just one of those guys that you really cater to and you like. Um, we know that he's not going to play valuable minutes, you know, in the playoffs this year. But honestly, in, in your personal opinion, did he get a fair shot? I mean, we saw him in summer league. He was out there balling, knocking down shots. I mean, he looked much improved, in my opinion, from last year. And then he comes to the preseason and he barely gets to play. Same thing with Bassey. We didn't see him at all, essentially. And, um, you know, what, what is your take on that? Like, did, do you think it was a done deal already coming into the preseason? Um, do I think it was a done deal? It's a good question. I, I don't know. And for the sake of reporting accuracy i i don't know that I, you know i can lean either way um I, I think they probably had a good idea what their rotation looked like um and i don't think they had too many surprises in their rotation so i i, I guess isaiah was probably fighting a a an upward battle going in i will say this like in terms of fair shots or whatnot i think if we just take a a, a full look at the roster and we take a full look at everything that the fans, the media believed heading into the offseason. We said they had to get more athletic. They had to get tougher. They had to get better. And I don't know that there's an iteration of this team that is overall a better team if you have a player like Isaiah Joe in the rotation. Like he had opportunities to play last year. Uh, you know, I, I my lasting memory of Isaiah Joe last season was him basically getting shots to go halfway down and then popping out. Um, so, I mean, that's some, that's bad luck, but that is basketball. He didn't make shots, and that was the bottom line. He didn't make enough shots when it, when it mattered. He didn't, you know, showcase enough dynamic offensive play uh, to, to, to keep himself on the court, and he also wasn't good enough defensively. So, I mean, you know, they, they basically said there's just no – 
way that you're going to be in the rotation. And yeah. they added Dan House. They they have Tyrese. They have James. Um, and they have you know DeAnthony. I mean, and if you can, and if you can say, like I would ask anybody this, if you can say uh, that you know you're happy with the moves they made this offseason, then you're also prepared for a young guy to not be in the rotation, because that's just the way it hap- that way it goes when you add free agents somebody has to be out of the rotation there's only 15 spots on the team there's only so many spots in the rotation and isaiah joe is a casualty of that and when you don't have guaranteed money you're going to be a target to be cut yeah it's a good point definitely kind of shows their mindset and you know where they're trending this season also shout out to kenny smith with the five dollar super chat question for you if you want to take it uh, he says do you think daryl should even entertain the idea of kemba walker for a vet minimum he was waived by the pistons today um, is that a guy that would be feasible or that you could even go out and look at? I, I think it's like we had to evaluate Kemba Walker as what he is now, what, not what he was three or four or five years ago. Um, I think right now, like they're, I, I think they're pretty surprised with their, or they're pretty happy with their, with their guard depth. I don't know that there's a role for what they want to do. I mean, I, you know, I, they, they've really leaned heavily into a switchy defensive scheme and you just can't switch with Kemba. Like you, he's just too yeah. small. He's, he's not, you know, he's not like an, a, a big athlete. Um, so he doesn't, right. He doesn't add to the calculus of you wanting to do, be a defensive switchy team. Right. Um, so I don't say it. I did kind of like, I have gotten into the habit of, if I see guys getting released as free agents, I will look up their agents to see if there's any kind of connection there. Cause that's usually a good, a good indicator and there's no connections to the Sixers that I can find. So okay. I, I don't think there's any preordained uh, likelihood. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be, it would surprise me if they did that. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Interesting. So just to clarify, you're, you're saying the spot for kind of down the road, maybe a couple months, you know, November, December, January, probably something, uh, along those lines that kind of keep open in case somebody becomes available or maybe you can package, you know, a couple guys together along with salary and, and try to bring somebody back in. Yeah, I do. I would keep an eye on Eric Gordon. Um, just cause I think that that, <laughs> that buzz is going to be there forever until it doesn't yeah. happen or it yeah. does happen. Yeah. Um, and Jay Crowder, I, I just, I think, you know, the, 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 the reason that you, that you try to cut down a roster spot and create additional money spaces because you, you anticipate taking back a big salary in a trade. And you also anticipate not having a ton of assets to send back in a trade. Um, so, you know, you, you, if given that outline, it's not hard to see a world where they're trying to find a way to get a guy that makes more than 10 million yeah. per year. Yeah. Now that'd be interesting. It'd be interesting for sure. Everybody hit that like button talking to Sixers beat reporter, Austin Krell. The other thing I wanted to ask you before we get into the Sixers Celtics uh, just came out a little while ago. The deadline passed Matisse Thybul not reaching an extension with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you know, he was in line for a potential rookie scale extension. But um, as we see here, the guard will become a restricted free agent at the conclusion of the season. Crispy Haynes first to report the news. Uh, just your instant thoughts, reaction. Was there ever any possibility? that Matisse Thibel was getting a contract before this season? I think his market value probably dictated he would be around a 12 to like $16 million per year player. So that's like $64 million, I think, over four years or you know whatever you want to cut it, cut it as. Um, am I surprised? No. I think he, he, he and his agent look at 
okay um you know do we believe in the work that we put in this offseason to get better as a player and if they do they're looking at okay well there's a new tv deal coming down the line we would like to capitalize on that uh do we want to agree to a, to an extension before this deal comes in before the TV deal comes in the cap spikes? Um, and, you know, I, I think the Sixers said, you know, we don't know what you are offensively. Like, why would we trust and put any equity into an off season or a preseason? We need to see it over a, a, a full season span. So, I mean, this is as much a bet against Thibel becoming, you know, the offensive player that they need him to be as it is him betting on himself. Um, if, if, you know, the benefit for the Sixers is if he doesn't uh, show the progress that he needs to show, there's a chance that they could end up, you know, keeping him for a, a smaller number than yeah. what they, than what they envisioned. And that's good for them. It's a, it's a win on the margins for them. On the other hand, if he outperforms, then they're going to have to pony up some money yeah. to, to, to keep him more teams going to poach him on the restricted for Asian market. So do you think it was more on the Thibel side of them not wanting to go down below the, a certain bar, or do you think that the Sixers just looked at, it and looked at it and said, like you just mentioned, we don't know what you are. We're not willing to do this at this time, and you know we'll revisit at the end of the year if you come out and prove, based on the preseason, there's not really enough of a sample. Do you think it was kind of more on the Sixers end or more on uh, the Thibel end saying, we're not going to do that, we're going to bet on ourselves? If I had to guess, I would say that there you don't you probably won't find many agents that say you know hey it's a good thing if our late first round pick that is a two-time all defensive second teamer it it is it's a good thing if he takes a deal that's basically the equivalent of a mid-level exception like that's not a deal that you want to take as as your second contract in the nba you want to get something that's you know upwards of like 16 million and I don't. I just don't think that his market value right now, or the value that the Sixers would be willing to pay him, is an attractive second deal for for a guy that has some of the accolades he has. Just like you know, Russell Westbrook didn't want to take a minimum deal because there's connotations to that when you when you take a buyout and you sign for a minimum, you become a minimum guy. Um, and I think it's a similar world here where you want that second deal to be, you know, above the mid level exception. Because the connotation of a mid-level exception is like you're on the downside. Okay. No. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. I I feel like Thibel is one of the biggest question marks uh, on this team. And, you know, based on all the hype, we saw it in the preseason. Like there was the game where he hit three threes and then the other games, it's, it's almost like he's intimidated to shoot. So I I really don't know where we're at with it. Um, It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, well, I will say this. I think his shot looks a little better. He looks more confident in it. Uh, yesterday, he was doing some shooting and coordination drills in practice, which was a good sign. Um, but in the end, the only thing that matters is what you do in games. Yeah. And, you know, we'll say, does that confidence, does that confidence waver if he shoots three of 17 for a stretch? Is it waver if teams completely say, like, go ahead, shoot it, we don't care, and they step away from him entirely and leave him wide open? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But, Time will tell. Yeah, it should be interesting. All right, let's talk about Sixers and Celtics. So, again, tomorrow night, Sixers tipping off the regular season. Now, it's interesting. For once, the Sixers had the less drama-filled offseason. The Celtics have had a ton going on. They have a first-time head coach in there tomorrow, 34 years old, Joe Mazzulla. Robert Williams is out. And, you know, I've heard a a couple guys are day-to-day. I believe the rest of the squad will play. They went out and signed Blake Griffin. I don't know if he's going to play or if it's going to be Al Horford matchup on Joel Embiid. It's going to be a crazy game, but 
I, I just feel right now with the Sixers going into Boston tomorrow that we should be confident, right? The Sixers need to come out and make a statement. Uh, would you agree? And, and do you think the Sixers will come out much more prepared and, and ready to show up on the road? I tend to think that the first week of the NBA is the first couple weeks of the NBA are pretty much chalk. Like the teams that are favored tend to win. Um, in most cases, uh, I, I would say that the Sixers have a have an opportunity to capitalize because Robert Williams is out. That's a that's a really big change in defensive difficulty in terms of what Embiid has to go up with on offense. Um, so I think they have you know they have a very a very fine chance. Um, Boston still has their switchy wings, so we will see. I do know that you know it's it's what once appeared to be a very very daunting. Uh, first two game slate with Milwaukee and Boston, uh, or the other way around, Boston and Milwaukee is a little less daunting with two with each team now being down a starter. Yeah, so. now, that's a really good point because I, you know, we hear today Middleton's going to be out, Connaughton's out for the Bucks, right? So say you go in and you beat Boston on a road, then you come home and you beat Milwaukee because they're banged up. I'm looking at the next eight games. I mean, the the Raptors a couple times, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Spurs. I mean, who says we can't start out this season ten and three or eleven and two? I'm look, maybe it's a, a pipe dream, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying the Sixers can come out with a really strong start and make a statement. But I feel like the the first two games are gonna be where everybody looks at, you know, everybody oh, what do they do against Boston, Milwaukee, some of these teams? But like you just said, I mean this is a this is a chance to capitalize right now. Yeah, I think like one of the more underrated storylines not just for the NBA, but for like the contenders and that includes the Sixers, you're going to have teams that are pulling the plug on their season very early into the year. If they just, rec- if they re- if they recognize, yeah, we don't have anything here because they want to get Victor Wambanyama. They want to get Scoot Henderson. And that's, you know, they're going to be pulling the trigger in the first couple months or, you know, they're, you know, very, maybe, maybe not, in a couple of weeks, but first couple of months are we pulling the tr- pulling the trigger on this season? And a lot of teams that are contending are going to have a chance to rack up the win total. That's why I'm kind of surprised that you know all the teams that are slated to or are projected to win, you know, 48 to 50 something games aren't higher than that because they're going to beat up on all the 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 bottom 10 and 12 teams because they're going to be tanking. Yeah. No, it's an interesting point. I agree. I, I think I can already see some of the teams that are, are going to fall down. I mean, usually there's like that cream of the crop by the time we get to January, February, but um, yeah, those two prospects are kind of going to, you know, shake the whole landscape. Um, in terms of tomorrow night, you know, what, what are you looking for? What are your main keys of the game? Um, you know, what, what, what are the things that you are highly focused on? I know it's only game one, but if there's a couple things that stand out to you, uh, what what are you highlighting? Yeah, so I think like first of all, um, I'm very intrigued to see how James Harden looks against the like legitimate defensive wings, and when they switch, how does he take that? Um, you know, I think they're gonna can on Matisse on uh, Tyrese Maxey with Marcus Smart. So I think this this comes down to Joel and what he can do against Al Horford, against whoever else the Celtics have, they're going to, there's going to be a pretty big deficit in the interior for Boston and he's going to have a chance to eat. Um, and, you know, they had to feed that and go to the, and, you know, take advantage of that. Uh, I don't know if you saw like in that 
training camp live video, you know, Doc basically yelled at the team and he was saying, like, you know, we should be looking to get him the ball. He was the leading scorer in the NBA last season. So, I mean, you when you have it, when, when, when there isn't an imposing interior matchup, take advantage of that. Get the ball to him at the nail, at the free throw line, on the, at the block, and let him go to work. So, you know, if if it isn't there for, for Harden and Maxi, that should be a quick a, a quick look to get the ball inside. Yeah, now that'll be interesting. So in, in terms of the offense, this is something I've been struggling with for a little bit now because I don't know if you're ready to go over the ledge like I am, but Tyrese Maxey looked like a freaking star in the preseason. Like he looks like he's ready now, which I don't know if I expected yet. I mean, I expected him to be very solid this year, but he almost looks like he can take over a game when he needs to. Yeah. And when you think about the offense, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, even Tobias who needs the ball in his hand sometimes, there's a lot of touches to go around. So whether it's tomorrow or against Milwaukee or going forward, how do you think this team, I guess, establishes themselves offensively? Is it like a, a hot hand by committee? Is it a, we're going to start every game and run it through Joel, and then we're going to let Maxi eat for certain stretches? Obviously, I like the fact that Doc wants to keep one of them on the floor at all times, Maxi or Harden, um, but there is a lot of touches to go around, and I'm interested to see you know, who gets going early in games tomorrow. I agree with you. I think it will be Joel until they have to adjust. Um, but just in general, what do you think about that? So I'll tell to your listeners, don't in, in the, in the first couple weeks of the season, don't, no need to, to pull the, the Harden is washed and, and nonsense, because Thank I think you. the reality is this. <laughs> He's trying to balance being a facilitator because he's not the number one option. He probably isn't even number two option either because Maxi has been that good. Um, there's there's a balance to strike between him being a facilitator and him being a an aggressive scorer. And I think for now the the instinct is to you know I'm going to get Joel involved, I'm going to get Tyrese involved, and I'm going to get mine. And you know then he's second or third in the pecking order, so he's not dropping twenty points a game in the first two weeks of the season. I'm not taking that as he's washed. I'm taking that as there are kinks to work out and there's synergy to be developed. And that's why we play 82 games to figure all those things out and strike that balance. Um, So, you know, I think offensively it's pretty simple. Joel is a incredibly dominant mid range player inside into interior threat. Um, Tyrese has been in, in insane on, uh, you know, this preseason. And I think, uh, you know, his willingness to catch and shoot is going to pull defenders like Marcus Smart further out. And then he can have, he has the burst to let, that he can leverage against him to get, to get by him and get to the rim. And, you know, I think as long as I keep the, as long as they keep the ball moving uh, and they don't fall in love with, you know, going to one guy and stagnating and watching the ball, I think they're going to be very hard to contain on offense. That's an interesting point. It's very refreshing as well to hear somebody say, let's not panic on James Harden after the first week of the season. It is going to take time to work out. That's why we've had the offseason. Do you think Tyrese Maxey is ready to be the number two option on the team? Like when we look at the end of the season, could Tyrese Maxey be the second highest scorer on this team? Is he ready for that kind of efficiency? So this is the cop out, but I think this this is the truth. I don't know that I can say he's ready to be a number two scorer, but I have no evidence to say he can't be. But he's done everything that you would ask a, a guy to be that you want to be a number two st- scorer to be. Um, he's not a great playmaker yet. He might never be that. Uh, but 
you know, he he's he I, I have seen him take a couple more risks as a passer this preseason than I thought he was willing to take last year. Um, the you know, his, he's catching and shooting and not wasting any time. He's pulling up. He's a much more confident, more willing three point shooter this year to start out with. Um, so, you know, and, and his finishing around the rim has been spectacular. Um you know, and I think there's an, an incredible precedence for guys who are elite finishers as guards in their you know first couple of years. There's a very significant precedence for them becoming stars. Um, so I do think that he's done all the right things. I can't say for sure because he hasn't played elite wings or elite defensive players in the preseason. And it's the preseason. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to overreact the preseason. But he, there's no reason for anybody to say he can't be that. Yeah. Well, I, I am going to overreact to the preseason. I mean, the kid, the kid looked incredible. I just, I don't know. There's something about his drive, his personality. I, I just see like he wants it. He wants it bad. Um, and when it comes to the Boston Celtics tomorrow, by the way, I, I have Tyrese Maxey as having a monstrous game. And here's why, because I think Joel Embiid's going to eat early. Like you said, I think Harden's going to try to get going early and we're going to run it through Joel and, and, and James. And, and I, I don't know why, but I still feel like there's this perception of Tyrese, at least from the national stage, where they've seen flashes, they've seen moments. I don't know if they're ready to game plan for Tyrese Maxey. Now, he's going to have a guy like Marcus Smart on him, and obviously the, the Celtics are going to have to adjust to Joel because he's hopefully going to feast early on against Al Horford or whoever else. I just see Maxey being that spark plug. I don't know if these guys can stop him. You know, I, I think he can come out here and honestly put up 25 tomorrow night and make himself known right away, right off the jump. I think at some point we're going to get that moment where everybody's like, okay, this kid is is for real. We have to actually game plan for Tyrese Maxey, and I could see a big moment for him tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's anyone's best guess. I tend to be a little bit more conservative in my opening night predictions. I think it's going to be like a 12-point uh, ten assist game for Harden with like four turnovers, probably because that's just the way it goes usually. Uh, when you're in, when you know you're trying to figure out how to balance these type of things, um, you know I think I could I could easily see, see Terry's having eighteen and twenty something points. Uh, Joel is going to have his thirty plus. Um, you know it's going to be a matter of how he responds to Boston's multitude of long, athletic wings. And I mean yeah. the other night was the first time where I was like he legitimately is struggling at the rim. Now part of that was because Charlotte was, was blocking and goaltending obvious shots that weren't getting called um, for whatever reason, because it was a preseason game. But you know, I, 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 there are times when Maxi has to get all the way to the rim and not leave his layups hanging and exposed for too long. He has to, you know, get it right up to the cup and play above the rim. And if he can do that, the only way to stop him is to foul him. And, you know, he's going to get around guys because he's just a speedster. Um, but this is a tough task. This is not an easy one. Um, I'll be curious to see how much of the Celtics, how, how much Celtics are, you know, if, if things get tough, do they say like, you know, we don't need Udoka to pull us in and, you know, we, 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 we have the experience of being here or is it going to be, you know, a thing where they have some, some, you know, things to, to work out after such dramatic and quick change to their team. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point too because not only did they have that kind of drama with their coach, but you know, usually historically not a lot of teams that are that young go to the the NBA finals and I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations on them, but now, you know, with all eyes on them, um I don't know how they're going to perform. I 
you know, sometimes we see those teams in a flash and then they don't come back for a while, kind of like they did early on, you know, when they went to the conference finals and stuff. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting. But in terms of where you see the Sixers right now, then, you know, up against the Celtics, up against the Bucks, like, has your perception changed at all? Uh, do, you, do you still think the Sixers are one of those top juggernauts? Do you think we have earned that yet and, and will be highly looked at this year? I do think that there is a bit of a national, I guess, uh, bearishness on Philadelphia teams. Just because I don't know why. I just think that they generally are undersold. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think this team is extremely promising. I, my, I released my full uh, previews for both the offensive and defense side of the balls today. I think they're a 55 to 57 win team. I think they're going to be a top two seed in the East. Um, I think, you know, they have an, a very good chance of getting to the Eastern conference finals for the first time, not because the other teams are, are just, you know, or something's going to happen to them just because I think they're that good. And, you know, for once things might go their way. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think really like he's a, got like a matchup like tomorrow is why you have PJ Tucker. I, I, I'm one to think that I, I do tend to think that Jason Tatum is overrated to some degree. I think people anoint him. I'm like a superstar and I'm just like, this dude is like <laughs> a tier below that. If you ask me, um, but you know, PJ Tucker is going to get up on him. He's going to force him to take long contested fadeaway jumpers and, you know, get him uncomfortable. He could have a, a, you know, a six for 19 game tomorrow. And then that leaves, you know, that, 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 but then again, you have Jalen Brown, who's a problem and we'll see if the Sixers have the personnel to counteract that. Um, but I do know that, you know, they, they bring Montrez Harrell on the court. Jalen Brown loves to get into that mid range and operate around the free throw line area and the elbows. So that could be a problem in the pick and roll. Um, you know, we'll see it, but I definitely think that, over an 82 game season, this team's going to rack up a, a ton of wins. Interesting. Interesting. This is going to be, this is, there's no reason this shouldn't be the best season they've had in over a decade. Oh, I'm right there with you. I, I think you have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, th- I think it's a must at this point, especially in, in Embiid's career. Um, other than PJ Tucker, is there any other guys you think could have a big game tomorrow? Maybe like a good matchup or, or just anything, a guy that might stick out tomorrow that maybe not a lot of people are looking at? Montrez Harrell. I think I just go. don't know what who's going to be the guy on the Celtics that's going to be able to to keep him from getting to the rim and keep him from eating. I mean, that dude looked so good on offense in preseason. Like his defensive woes are what they are, and they're I mean they're they're significant, but those don't really matter until the playoffs come. This this, this dude is going to absolutely just train train wreck everybody. <laughs> I mean, it, whether it's an offensive rebound that him just. If, finding a way around somebody and just dunking at home. If it's a, if it's a dump off that, you know, it, I mean, I, I was I, the other night against Charlotte, like Harden lobbed the pass inside to him and he caught it and there were like four horns converging on him. And he would just like, he was protecting the ball, sheltering it, keeping it tucked into, you know, with his arms. And then as soon like he just shakes them all off and then he goes and lays it up. And then like he created, you know, he, he basically manhandled them inside yeah. and he, they, they were all over him. Um, and that's the kind of player he is offensively. So I think he has a chance against the team that is missing an interior threat defensively. I think he has a chance to go off and you know, yeah. off for him might be 16 points, seven rebounds in 17, 18 minutes. Yeah. You know? nah, I, I agree. Yeah. He's an absolute freak on the court. And I go back to what you said last time on the show. Um, he is not a minimum player. Like we got no. so lucky no. that he fell right in our laps and it's just the energy. Like he, he wants to play. He's ready at any moment when you call his number and, 
you know, he just brings a, a different level of toughness off this bench. And I'm so excited to see him play, man. Yeah, I mean, like the fans complain about, you know, why would you get him when you have Paul Reed? It isn't about what you have in Paul Reed. It's about the fact that you have an opportunity to get that kind of value at a minimum deal. You yep. can't pass that up. That's like a that's a that's a massive win on the margins if you can have that off your bench. Absolutely. All right. Before I get you out of here, appreciate you coming through. Of course, I need a prediction, man. I, I don't know if you're ready for it. If you're ready to itch, I know you dropped the preview. Hopefully, you dropped the prediction, but. Do the Sixers. By the way, here's my prediction. I think we're going to stomp the Celtics. I think we're going to alert everybody tomorrow night. But maybe that's just the homer in me. Austin Krell's official prediction. Do the Sixers go into Boston first game of the NBA season and take down the reigning Eastern Conference champions? Nope. Well, I, have them. I, I think it's going to be a 116 to 108 loss. Oh. <laughs> and, and why? What will be the biggest contributor to us I just, losing that game. I, I just think that if you have like a second PJ Tucker, I would be more confident. But let's say PJ limits Jason Tatum, then they have Jalen Brown. Who's gonna stop? Who's gonna who's gonna take Jalen Brown out of a game and stop him, you know, three possessions out of five? Hey. Uh, and I tend to just go more chalk again, like I said in yeah. in, in in the first couple of weeks. It's gonna be some turnovers. This is an elite defense. Uh, should be at least. Um, and, you know, uh, I think when you have a turnover prone guard like James Harden and you're trying to figure out some new things in the court, turnovers are bound to happen. I think they'll play them tough. They'll play them close, but then I give the edge to the home team tomorrow. All right. Interesting one. We'll see what happens. I think the Sixers will get the W, man. But as always, awesome. Appreciate you coming through to the show. If you're not following him, go follow him on Twitter, man. I mean, he does an amazing job. We're all excited to, to see you continue to grow this year and, um, you know, appreciate all the work that you do. Thank you so much, RB. Appreciate All right, it, man. Talk to you later. That was Sixers beat reporter Austin Krell. Man, he's got the Sixers losing tomorrow night. I didn't expect that one. I didn't expect that one, but shout out to him for coming through to the show. Always bringing the heat. Sixer Nation, stand up in the chat. Hit the like button if you are enjoying the show. Help us spread the content. We're going to be covering this team all year long, 24-7 coverage. Subscribe if you are new, man. Shout out to all the channel members up in here as well. Uh, Kenny, once again, shout out to you for the donation. We're going to get to the phone lines. We're opening up the phone lines. I want to hear from Sixer Nation. Call into the show if you have a hot take for tomorrow, if you have a score prediction, uh, if you have anything else, let me know. Call us up, 508-924-3784. Also, I want to talk about what Joel Embiid said earlier today. Or he said it before, but it came out earlier today, which I thought was very hilarious, but very true at the same time. A lot of good stuff coming up on the show. Um, let's shout some people out, man. Atlantean, what's going on? Sebastian, what's good? Class, Rupert, superhero in the chat. Shout out to everybody. Pat, what's going on? What do we think? Do the Sixers win tomorrow night? Do the Sixers get the W? It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Like I said, we'll boot up the phone lines. We'll, we'll go hit the phones. We'll, we'll hear from Sixer Nation. We'll hear from some of the fans, maybe some Celtics fans as well. Uh, but before we do that, got to tell you about the sponsor of today's show, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is your leading provider for at-home testing kits. They make professional health testing easier by letting you get tested right at home without having to visit an actual healthcare provider. With LGC, you can order a testing kit that is delivered to you in discreet packaging like this. You complete the test, you send it back in, the sample arrives in their laboratory, and then your results are available in just two to five days. 
Those results are reviewed by a clinician and then a member of their team can even call you to go over the results and their labs are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. You know, all my guys out there, even if you want to check something, you know, like your hormone levels, your testosterone, um, just anything, you know, your thyroid. I mean, you, if you want to get tests for diabetes or my ladies out there, fertility, all that stuff, they have 30 plus tests on their inventory. And like I said, you know, you can avoid the, the annoying insurance process, the doctor's office visits, all that stuff. It can expedite the process and make it much easier. I mean, it, it's just a much more convenient, much smarter way uh, to get tested right at home. And, and like I said, it comes right to your doorstep. So, you know, they're doing everything to change the industry. Shout out to them. Click their link down below in the description. Use promo code Philly take for 25% off of your order. All right. It's time to hear from Sixer Nation. Time to hear for Sixer Nation. Let's go uh, to the phone line. 609 in the house. 609, what's going on? Hey. Shane, what's going on, man? What's going on? How are you, how you feeling, man? It's been a while, Shane. It's been a while. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling excellent with James Carter right now. All right, why why are you feeling excellent? Are we, Shane, are we getting a W tomorrow night or what? I I believe so. I believe it depends on what you see, but I believe that we have no reason not to win tomorrow. Okay. What what are your keys to the game? Like, why are we going to win this game? Is is Austin crazy? Why are we going to win this game tomorrow, Shane? Let me know. Well, the reason we're going to win this game tomorrow, and I believe it's going to be because of two two key things. James Harden, Joel Embiid. They're going to be so good that it unlocks still, like I've been saying for years, it's going to open the court up and everybody else is going to go crazy, bro. It's, just, it's going to be really crazy. I mean, I hope so, man. What, what about Tyrese Maxey? What do you think about him? I don't respect on him. I just think he's going to get so open that he's going to go crazy. Man. I think he's going to open the court if you just get... You're going to get to a point where you see Tyrese get open. And it's going to be to the point where he gets crazy. And then Horton, I think it's going to be an open-the-court type of game. Okay. Okay, so what, what's your final score then? What What is going to be the, the final result of this game tomorrow night, Shane? Let me know. Uh, the final score, that's difficult because I see both teams getting over 100. I'm going to say probably like 134, no, 101 to 100. 101 to 100. What, a final possession clamp? Is that what's going to happen in Boston? I just think Boston's too good as you can't. You can't discredit what they did last year. Many people look at me and say the Sixers suck in school. Well, I think they're going to come off with a crazy one-point win, kind of higher what they did last year in Boston. I just think the Sixers don't have enough to lose the game, but they don't have enough to, you know, blow it completely. All right. I respect it, man. Shane, appreciate you calling in, man. Looking forward to talking to you all season long, man. Yeah. All right, Shane. 101 to 100. Mm. See, you guys are way too close for me. Too close for me. I have the Sixers winning this game tomorrow night, 109 to 91. 109 to 91. The Sixers are going to go in and blow the brakes off of the Boston Celtics. Why? Number one, again, Celtics have a lot of eyes on them, a lot of pressure. 
but a first-time head coach, 34 years old. All right, Robert Williams is out. I'm not saying the Celtics are bad. In fact, I had them win in the East this year. Might be a little bit shaken up now that, you know, all this turmoil is going on there in Boston. I still think they're going to be a formidable team. But historically speaking, looking at these teams, not a lot of them make the same type of repeats that they do, you know, when they're young and, and out there playing as well as they did last year. I'm just being honest. I don't know if they're going back to the finals again. What I do know is the Sixers team is going to come out prepared and ready to go tomorrow night in Boston. All the things we asked about. The last time we saw this Sixers team, we asked, where's their toughness? Where are they at when the moment gets big? And tomorrow night, we have two games on, but the Sixers are kicking off the entire season. Now, I will credit that more to Boston. The reason, you know, Boston's being shown, I mean, it's because they went to the NBA Finals. But the Sixers, you know, are also starting to get talked about a little bit on the national stage. So it's going to be a good matchup. And I think the Sixers are going to go in there ready to rock. I think they are. I think they are. All right, let's go back uh, to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, Keisha in the 936. Keisha, what's going on? RB. Yo, yo, what's going on? What's going on? This is Lenny. Lenny, how you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling good about the season. I think I think we loaded. We got everything we need. Ain't no excuses. I feel like we should win tomorrow. I don't know what Austin was talking about. I feel like <laughs> the way Boston looking in their last preseason game against the Raptors, they wasn't, they wasn't looking real good. And uh, with all the drama they had in all season, a new coach, I feel like this should be a victory for us, man. Oh, I agree. Lenny, they're not ready for us, man. They're not ready for James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid to go in there. My question, who who's going to guard Joel? Is it going to be Al Horford? That'll only last for, what, a, a quarter? Maybe he'll put some clamps on him. Joel is going to feast on this Boston team. In fact, the Sixers won eight of the last mat, eight, eight of the last 11 matchups against this Celtics team. Joel dominated last year. And the last time we saw Boston last year, they beat us by almost 50. This Sixers team is coming for the revenge tomorrow night. Yeah, we 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 looking real good, man. We should get this victory pretty easy. I think uh I really think Tobias probably need to guard uh Tatum because Tatum can shoot over the top. He can shoot right over the top of PJ. I probably put PJ on uh, on uh Jalen Brown or something like that. And and, yeah. and try to uh put some more height on Tatum cuz all he can do is shoot. He can't really drive and finish like that. Yeah. So yeah, Not, yeah, but we good yeah. though, man. I think Trey is gonna come off the bench and give us a a nice effort. We should be good, bro. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's it? What's the final score prediction then, Lenny? I say uh, one eleven, one oh four sixes. Let's go, man. Let's go. Appreciate the call. Rate that call, man. Let's go. Lenny's on my type of wave. Sixers are beating this team. It's not coming down to the last possession. I can't wait. I cannot wait. And, and it's crazy going back to what I started to show with again. You know, it, it's like the Sixers aren't even the, the hottest talked team right now. In fact, they're probably number three on the list. You have the Phillies tomorrow night around the same time, which kind of sucks, but it'll be an interesting night for sure. Then you have the Eagles who are six and then the Sixers like, man, it, you know, once these seasons kind of get more into them, I mean, the Sixers are going to be the talk, man. In fact, they have to. And again, going back to the first 10, 12 games, I can even pull up the schedule. Like, 
we should go 10 and 3, 11 and 2 in the first games, in my opinion. In my opinion, like I don't see anybody um, or any stretch for the Sixers where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we got to worry about this early in the year. I think the Sixers should be able to, to push through it. Here's the schedule the first 10 games Boston, Milwaukee, then San Antonio Spurs, the Pacers, the Raptors for two, the Bulls, the Wizards for two, and the Knicks. I mean, come on, man. How many games do we win out of those? How many games? I say we could win at least eight. At least eight. At least eight. So it should be interesting. Should be interesting for sure. Someone in the chat from Belize. Shout out to Belize. The Sixers with the dub. 117 to 111. 117, 111. I got 109 to 91. I think the Sixers are going to make a big statement tomorrow night and we have a poll going here in the chat by the way if you're not following uh on instagram and twitter uh philly take with rb on instagram and follow me at rb philly take on twitter uh we're gonna be doing a giveaway this week by the way so be sure you're following those platforms be sure you have the notifications on so you don't miss details on the giveaway maybe i'm gonna announce it tomorrow night i'm gonna announce it what it is tomorrow night we will be live for that game tomorrow night sixers and celtics 7 30 p.m um, back again with the live play-by-play commentary analysis shows. You know, we watch the game as it happens. We react. We break it all down. We call the game. So uh, we'll be doing that all season long. So be sure to be there tomorrow night for sure. For sure. But yeah, drop those predictions in the chat. Call in. Let me know what you think. Call in. Let me know what you think. All right. Let's talk about real quick what Joel Embiid had to say because I thought it was interesting. Um just a little nugget that came out earlier today, and I want to get some thoughts on it. I want to get some thoughts on it. So Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer put out an article earlier today, and essentially um, he kind of had like an archive of, of things from this offseason. And in that article, he talked about Joel Embiid and, and this offseason. And shout out to my guy, Sean Bernard, who's been on the show many times. He will continue to be. By the way, after each game, the next day we'll have our breakdown show where, where we look at film, we talk about it more in depth, we have guests on, all that stuff. Um, we had Sean on one of the last breakdown shows, and Sean put out an article on Heavy.com where he writes for the Sixers, and he, he pretty much recapped what happened today with Joel Embiid. So Kevin O'Connor put in you know a, a little article, and here was what Kevin O'Connor said about Joel Embiid. As the superstar put it, quote, since I've been here, this is a quote from Joel Embiid, since I've been here, all of the GMs were really smart, except one. There's been so many crazy stuff. We had a crazy GM tweeting about his players going crazy on Twitter, which was insane. While I'm here, I must be the most unlucky player in the world, per Kevin O'Connor. Then he just talks about who it is. Obviously, Brian Colangelo, if you've been a Sixers fan for some years now, you know that we went through absolute just chaotic state after state after state. And it's interesting. It's interesting that Joel Embiid, given everything that happened, he pointed out the one guy I would do the same. Um, But that means Joel loves Sam Hinkie. That means he loved the interim slot of Brett Brown and Daryl Morey as well. And uh, right now, the Philly GMs are, are making it happen. But yeah, man, Joel's hilarious. And, and it's true. You know, uh, you know, tweeting about your guys on a burner account. It was like the craziest thing ever. 
In fact, the Colangelos were kind of advised to help and come rescue the situation because Adam Silver got Sam Hinkie up out of here after what he catered as the process, which Embiid continued to embody throughout his time here up until a couple years ago. And, you know, Brian Colangelo ended up trading that pick away and drafting Markel Fultz. He ended up tweeting about his guys. And I remember at one point, like his wife was getting involved in it. And it was just the craziest thing. He was standing Ben Simmons. It was a crazy time. If you want to know how insane, how bizarre Philly sports are, how insane this Sixers team has been over the last decade, just go down the rabbit hole of what has happened with Brian Colangelo, with Markel Fultz, with Ben Simmons, with Jalil Okafor, Nerlens Noel. I mean, we could pull the entire thing out. That's why I'm so excited because for once, we had a drama-free offseason. For once, this team, I feel, is ready to, to, to go from day one. They're well-rounded. They've been grinding. This is the opportunity for this team to step up and, and be that squad. Like Austin said, Eastern Conference Finals. I've been saying this now for a couple of weeks. It's Eastern Conference Finals or bust. I'm going to be preaching that all year. If we do not get to that third round, changes need to be made because that would just be unacceptable. That would be unacceptable. Merksy in the chat. Shout out to another great channel member. By the way, we have some updates coming for the members, so be sure to stay posted on that. All the members uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in. He says, have you read Tanking to the Top? I think I did read that before. Maybe not. Um, I think, wait, who, who wrote that? Who wrote that? Let me know. I think I heard about that. Chef Cauldron, another member in the chat, says 113-101. Our 76ers pull off the W. Off the W. Let's go. Let's go. I got to take this article down before I get depressed. I mean, the Brian Colangelo thing led to Brett Brown being interim GM. Michael Bridges got traded. I, I mean, we could go down this all day. We could have a whole history lesson. But it is crazy. Terms of the game tomorrow night, a little more uh, adding on to what Austin said. I am interested to see the defensive matchups. Who's going to go up against Jason Tatum? Who's going to go up against Jalen Brown? And how are the Sixers going to play on the perimeter? Because we know the Boston Celtics are going to try to pull Al Horford out, put him in the corner. We know the Celtics have a guy like Grant Williams, who did not agree to an extension, by the way, similar to Matisse Thybul, and will be a restricted free agent after the season. I want to see how the Sixers play on them. They're going to try to go four out, five out at times. They're going to try to let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown ISO. In fact, that's what they did way too much last season, especially early in the year, and that's what led to a very poor Boston Celtics start before they ended up turning it around. But I, I, put, I might put more stock than most people into the coaching situation. Are you telling me that a 34-year-old head coach is ready to come in here after a couple weeks, after a coach that just took this team to the finals in the first year gets exploited and all that stuff happens, you're telling me these guys are ready to go to war for this guy right away? I don't know. I mean... It's just a very bizarre situation. But the thing that I feel will hurt the Celtics, again, I think they're going to be a good team this year. I think they're going to find it eventually. They now have the experience. They have the understanding of, okay, here's what it takes to get to that end goal. What I'm worried about, or not worried about, but what I think the Celtics should be worried about is all the eyes on them from day one. There's going to be a lot of expectations. 
Can Jason Tatum lead the squad back? Can they be ready to go? I don't know. They're still very young. They're still very young. So I think it should be interesting. I think it, I think it should be interesting. Yeah, Merch, I did hear about that before. I did hear, I did hear about that. But yeah, man, let me know what you guys think. Again, call into the show if you want to give a hot take, a score prediction, 508-924-3784. Sixers taking on the Celtics tomorrow night. Then it's the Lakers and the Warriors. Who do you think is going to stand out? Who could have a very underrated game tomorrow night? Maybe a bench player. I was thinking about DeAnthony Melton earlier. You know, he's had a little bit of a rough preseason, but he continues to let it fly. He continues to play great defense. I actually think that DeAnthony Melton's on-ball defense will be a huge contribution tomorrow, especially you're going up against guys like Pritchard coming off the second unit for the Celtics. And are are they going to play Blake Griffin? Is that really going to happen? Let me tell you something right now. If Blake Griffin gets uh, matched up against either Montrez Harrell or even Joel Embiid, the Philadelphia 76ers are, are just going to feast. Like If I'm the Celtics, they need to do everything they can to limit the amount of backup minutes because Montrez Harrell, like Austin said, it could be 16 points, it could be 14-12. The Sixers are going to dominate tomorrow night in terms of the second unit play, in terms of the big man, in my opinion. I really think that. Maybe I'm wrong. Now, one other thing in addition to what Austin said that I'm very uh, interested in, in looking forward to tomorrow night is what is the rotation? What do you think the rotation should be? Will Shake Milton see the floor? Will Furkan Korkmaz see the floor? In fact, I think it's going to be Shake Milton. I think Melton is going to see a lot of minutes. I think Matisse Thibel is going to see some minutes. I think Niang will see minutes. Obviously, Mantras Harrell. But I don't know. How deep will we go in the rotation? I want to see what Doc does with the whole Maxi Harden, Tobias, and Bede thing. He said he wants to leave one on the floor at all times, probably two. So are we going to see Maxi, Tobias, and the rest bench combinations? Are we going to see Maxi Harden in the bench? Are we going to see, you know, Joel and, and Maxi in the bench? Like, I want to see those kinds of mis- mixed matches uh, coming off the bench. Like, what are we going to do? Who's going to get that first go at these minutes. You know, I mean, no Isaiah Joe anymore. No Bassey. Will Paul Reed play? There's a lot of interesting things to keep your eyes on. I actually do think Paul Reed is going to get in there a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Montrez and Paul Reed playing together. That's something we experimented with in the preseason. We could see that. Another thing to keep your your mind on is P.J. Tucker at the five. We saw that in the preseason, and at stretches, it worked. Could the Sixers go small ball and try to you know, match up P.J. against a guy like Al Horford, maybe to try to increase the tempo, maybe Joel's resting? That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. There was a quote from earlier today. I couldn't find it, but Doc Rivers was talking about the guys, and um, also James Harden was talking. He said he's trying to go a full 40. You know, Maxie can probably play 42 minutes tomorrow night. James is trying to go 40 minutes. Embiid, I would guess, probably gets 35 to 40. You know, how many, how many minutes are these guys going to play? I think it's interesting to, to keep your eyes on. I think it's interesting. So, yeah, man, it, it's all about season opportunity. It's all about, uh, 
you know, pushing through and and doing what you have to do. But I think this is a huge statement game. After Boston, we come home for the home opener on Thursday against the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis coming to the Wells Fargo Center. I mean, two tests right out of the gate. If the Sixers end up going 0-2, the entire world is going to be flipped on its head. Philly is going to lose their minds. But if the Sixers go 2-0, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about us. I'd be fine with 1-1. I wouldn't mind that, given the fact that we play you know, fairly easy schedule after that. I would not mind at all seeing the Sixers go 1-1, one one, but it would be nice to go 2-0. I do not want to go 0-2 against two teams that do have major injuries. Again, if you're just tuning in, Celtics without Rob Williams and the Bucks are without Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton. So it should be interesting. It should be interesting. We have any people that want to call in, give their last take on the game, maybe just a score prediction, whatever. Call us up 508-924-3784. Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. If not, let me know in the chat, who's your player of the game? What is your final score prediction? Again, we will be live tomorrow night, uh, probably 20, 30 minutes before the game, you know, to preview and talk. And we'll be live during the game, breaking it all down as it happens I'm very excited for this one. I'm excited to get underway. Should be a very good season. A lot of expectations, but the Sixers need to live up. Sixers need to live up to it. Hit that like button, by the way. Get this to 100 likes, man. We got 240 people in here ready to rock. A lot of good things going on in, uh, in Philadelphia sports. A lot of good things going on in Philadelphia sports. Also, some breaking news that just happened, just for the heck of it. Atlanta Hawks agreeing with DeAndre Hunter on a four-year, $95 million extension. That's pretty wild to me, given the injury history. Hawks are going to be an interesting team. I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they're there yet. But something to keep your eye on. A lot of guys went without uh, getting a contract extension. Again, Matisse Thibel, going to be a big prove-it year for him. So, should be interesting. Should be interesting to uh, to see how it all plays out. Garrett in the chat says Sixers one twenty three to one hundred. One twenty three to one hundred. I like it. I like it. Again, I have the Sixers winning by eighteen. I don't know what is giving me that feeling. Maybe it's just the the vibe, the ambience of Philadelphia right now. I think the Sixers are going to come out here and put up a convincing game. Now, again, if it's tight, if it goes down to the wire, so be it. Get the W. Get the W. Get the W. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. It's a long season, and I agree wholeheartedly with what Austin said. What we can't do is come out tomorrow night, oh, James Harden is washed. Oh, Max, he's not. Oh, this, that. No, no, no. It's game one. It's game one. You got to lock in. You got to lock in and and get ready for a long, hard fight. Hard, long fight. RxO says Nets are going to be unstoppable. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're very stoppable. Nets aren't going to be anything this year. I'm sorry to tell you. Berksy in the chest is 117-108. 
Ader Navarro, 115-105, Sixers get the W. I like it. I like it. Think we'll see an, an inefficient game from Jason Tatum. I think we're going to do a pretty good job on him. Might be a mixture of uh, PJ and Tobias. But um, I think we're going to have a good game tomorrow night. I do. I do. And I'm excited. This is the year, ladies and gentlemen. This is the year. So. Yeah, man, we, we, we discussed the news. Isaiah Joe on the Thunder officially. Matisse Thibel, no contract extension. We talked about our keys at a game. We previewed tomorrow night's game with Austin Krell, Sixers beat reporter. What a, uh, what, a, what a great interview. I loved everything he said except for the fact he picked us to lose. But nonetheless, Sixers, Celtics tomorrow night, big stage. We're kicking off the NBA season. Everybody's going to be watching that game. All eyes on us. Can the Sixers come up in a big game? Can James Harden show up tomorrow night? Can Joel Embiid do his thing? I think Embiid's going to have a great game tomorrow. And um, it's going to be a, a tough environment. You know, it's going to be on the road, a little bit hostile, but that's what we need. I like that. I like that right away. Get acclimated right away to that type of environment. And it uh, should be interesting. It should be interesting. Once again, follow us on all platforms. Instagram, Philly Take with RB. Follow me on Twitter, at RB Philly Take. I'll be tweeting all day tomorrow leading up to the game. Again, we'll be live tomorrow night for Sixers and Celtics, so be sure to come through to that as we react live, call the game, and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, appreciate everybody for coming through, man. Uh, We'll be covering this team all year long, 24-7 Sixers coverage right here on Philly Take with RB, number one show for Sixers fans Providing the passion. Always breaking it all down, man. Always breaking it all down. So shout out to Sixer Nation. Also shout out again to Let's Get Checked for sponsoring tonight's show. Telling you guys, easy, convenient, much more affordable. Just makes the whole process easier. They deliver this right to your doorstep. Right to your doorstep. We know how important it is nowadays to uh Keep up to date on your health in a variety of ways, and you can never be too sure. So shout out to Let's Get Checked. Click that link down below in the description. Let them make professional health testing easier for you. Use promo code Philly25 for 25% off your order. That being said, man, we're almost there. Sixer Nation, we got to show up tomorrow, and we have to show up big. I'm excited. I'm excited. Shout out to everybody for coming through, man. Sixers and Celtics tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. If you're watching this on the second time around, hit that like button. Subscribe to the show. We're on all audio platforms. We're expanding and we're growing. Go get a good night's sleep, man. Lot, lot to happen tomorrow in Philadelphia sports. Go Phillies as well. Let's get a game one W on the road there in San Diego. Cannot wait, man. You all have a fantastic night, and we'll be back in less than 24 hours. Peace.